Thank you for listening to Weekly Wisdom, the podcast of First Presbyterian Church in Haddonfield, New Jersey. This episode is a sermon by Reverend Marvin Lindsay titled Abraham's Final Exam. It's based on Genesis chapter 22, verses 1 through 14, the story of when the Lord asked Abraham to sacrifice his son Isaac. We hope that you'll enjoy this sermon on what is a theologically rich and very challenging passage of Scripture. What a disturbing story. What God asks of Abraham in this story seems so out of character. It seems more in keeping with what we would expect from some strange Aztec deity than the God of the Christian faith. But over the years, I have learned to come to terms uh, on a certain level with this story. Four times... Uh, we have entrusted our children to God and to knife-yielding human beings. Four times our children have been laid out, uh, not on an altar with wood, but on an operating table. Um, and we've received them back. We got them back safe and sound. And so we've learned through those experiences that no sooner does God give us children than we have to give them back to God and put them in God's hands. Many of you have learned that lesson too even if you have never scheduled an appointment with a pediatric surgeon. Baptism, as it says elsewhere in the scriptures, is our participation in the dying and rising of Christ. When we present our children for the sacrament of baptism, we hand them over to God so that the person they might have been had they not known Jesus Christ would be put to death. Put to death so that a new kind of person would come to life. We hand them over to God so that they won't merely grow up, but that by the grace of God they will be raised up to a new and abundant kind of life here and now and to eternal life in the ages to come. I want to quote a, a great Christian uh, sacred music uh, group, uh, Rock Band 38 Special, who uh, once sang, Hold on loosely, but don't let go. If you cling too tightly, you're going to lose control. No sooner are our children born and we hug them tight than we begin a lifelong process of letting them go and entrusting them to God. And if you don't let them go, you're going to lose control. And at this point in my life, I understand. But what's hard for me to understand is that it's this child in particular that God wants returned to sin. To quote another great composer and singer of sacred Christian music. In Genesis 12, the Lord says to Abraham, Go, and I will make a great nation of you. To your offspring I will give this land. In you, all the nations of the world shall be blessed. This is religion in its classic form. If you trust and obey the Lord, there's a reward in it for you. And so Abraham trusted the promise of God, and Abraham obeyed the Lord's command, and God kept the promise. Sarah, his wife, conceived and bore a son. They received that reward of their faithful obedience. And that's good news for Abraham and his offspring and his legacy, and it's good news for everyone throughout the world. It's good news for every nation that turns its eyes in faith to the God of Abraham. Because God was faithful to Abraham, because God kept the sacred promise, all nations might find a blessing in Abraham's God. But now God has said go once again. But this time, the command turns religion upside down. 
God says, go to Mount Moriah and offer your son Isaac as a burnt offering. This time, God has pitted faithful obedience and the reward for faithful obedience against each other. The only way that Abraham can keep God's gift is by disobeying the God who gave him this gift. And if God obeys, if Abraham obeys the God who said go, then the gift is destroyed and lost forever. What an awful rock and hard place to be put between. And that is where God puts Abraham in this morning's scripture. The Lord seems plagued by some lingering doubts about the Lord's servant. Does Abraham trust in God's promises more than Abraham trusts in God himself? Does Abraham value the gifts of God more than the giver? God wants to know. So God subjects Abraham to a dreadful test in order to find out. What's it going to be, Abraham? Is obedience its own reward? Or are you in it for the payoff? Can I really trust you with this child and with this mission to bless all the nations in the world? As one author uh, and scholar has observed, it's still an open question at this point. Abraham has demonstrated deep faith by uprooting himself and his family late in life and making a journey to a foreign land to start all over again in the hope, maybe the wild hope, that God would reward him and his wife with offspring that would fill that land and claim it and possess it. But as you saw, I think as you saw last week, Abraham's had some shabby moments along the way, hasn't he? He's been, been less than an honorable person occasionally. So God devises a test, and the test asks, will the real Abraham show up? How about you and me? Why are we here this morning? Why are we here Sunday in and Sunday out? Are we here because it's a kind of fire insurance for the hereafter? Is it because our friends are here? Is it force of habit? God knows we've given the Almighty mixed messages along our journey. And so God wants to know, and God will find out. The God who promises us nothing less than eternal life will test us from time to time to discover the character of our commitment to God. And that's what's so disturbing and troubling to me about this scripture. I don't know about you, but uh, on a good day, I'm in it for pure motives. But some days, my faith has been exposed. I think of all the parts of the Lord's Prayer, the one passage that I don't repeat by rote is, lead us not into temptation. Because I'd hate to be put in a situation like Abraham's where I had to choose between God and the gifts of God. That would be a tough choice for me. Now, we are an older congregation. Uh, there's a lot of white hair in this congregation, including in this beard uh, that's standing before you. I was telling somebody, last time I grew a beard, it was all of them. I don't know what happened. I don't know what happened. Um, we're an older congregation. We've lived through wars and economic upheavals. Some of you have even gone off to fight in wars. Uh, some of you have been fired. Some of you have been laid off. Some of you have had to lay to rest friends and family maybe before their time. Others of you have had to raise children by yourselves. Uh, maybe you sat at the kitchen table looking at your checkbook register or your bank app open on your phone and you've worried about how you're going to make ends meet 
you deserve a break, right? You've been through a lot. But I have to warn you, Abraham was a hundred years old when God tested him with this test. So the biggest test of your life may be yet to come. Now, teachers get their students ready for final exams by subjecting them to pop quizzes along the way. And self-examination can be a similar thing for us. We can subject ourselves to periodic pop quizzes and scrutinize our commitment and the purity of our faith and our motives so that secret faults can be brought to light by God's wisdom and blemishes touched up before they're subject to the light of day, that day being judgment day. And this is the perfect day to do that. Today we are celebrating Holy Communion as we do the first Sunday of every month. And the Apostle Paul reminds us in the New Testament that gathering at the Lord's table is an opportunity for us to examine ourselves. So put yourselves to the test in the next few moments. If you're holding on to something that you need to let go of, a grudge or a resentment, ask God for a willingness to let it go. If you've left unsaid some important things that need to be said, ask God for the grace and the commitment to save them this week and approach the table with a clear conscience. As for Abraham, he passed his final exam. He serves God for naught. The storyteller records no anguished hand-wringing in Abraham's tent, no tears shed, no bargaining with the Lord. We only have this very terse account of Abraham's immediate and unequivocal response to the command. He rose early in the morning. He saddled his donkey. He rounded up two servants. He split some wood. He got Isaac out of bed, and then off they went to Mount Moriah. But I want you to notice his reply to Isaac's poignant question. The question, where is the lamb for the sacrifice? His reply is more than an artful dodge. It is a stirring confession of faith, and it's a dramatic turning of the tables in the story. Abraham says, God himself will provide a lamb for the burnt offering, my son. Abraham doesn't know how this head-on collision between God's command and God's promise is going to turn out. He doesn't know how it's going to be avoided. But he boldly confesses that God will do something about it. And in making this confession, the onus is now on God to do something to maintain the integrity of God's words, both the commandments and the promises. This turned out being a test of Abraham's faith and character. Now God is subject to the test. Will God be as faithful to Abraham as Abraham has been to God? And the good news is yes. God is faithful. God provides. At the last second, God restrains Abraham's hand and God provides a lamb for the sacrifice. Yes, God tests us in this life. God subjects our lives to a fire that burns away all that is worthless and lets what is precious and valuable and holy shine through. God provides the way out of the testing so that we can endure it. We may emerge from our encounters with God with singed eyebrows and with sooty cheeks, but we will emerge for the better. We will emerge refined and purified. At the end of our Old Testament lesson, Abraham sacrifices the ram 
that God provides for Abraham's sacrifice. When it's all said and done, we come to God empty-handed. What can we offer to God that we did not receive first from God as a gift? God must provide the means by which we can approach God and worship God and be reconciled to God. And God does that in Jesus Christ. Jesus Christ is the Word of God, the command of God, in flesh and blood. He is a living and breathing summons to follow him in faithful obedience to the God of his ancestor Abraham. And he is also God's provision for us. He is the Lamb of God whose sacrifice on the cross makes us one with God. And he is God's reward for us and God's promise to us, a promise that cannot fail. He is the living hope of what we might become in God's good time. So come to this table in a few moments and taste and see the promise of God and rejoice that God is faithful and God keeps the promises God makes to us. In the name of the one who is and who was and who is to come. Amen. Thanks for listening. Please rate and review this podcast so that we can reach more people with the good news of Jesus Christ. To support our ministry, go to www.haddonfieldprez.org and click on the Give tab at the top of the page. Grace and peace be with you.